Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S t-o-l-k-i-e-n and instagram at tipples and tolkien so cozy up pour yourself a drink and come on a journey with us this fall on tipples and tolkien were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look and feel human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. I just assumed we were ready and didn't ask. I'm, uh, I'm rolling. I am. Rolling but as well. Do we need to plan anything out? Is there anything I need to? Um, I don't know. Is there? I guess we'll find out as we go. I asked you because you're the captain. Baby's name is Liam. Liam. That's true. Three, two, one. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb, and joining me in a very convoluted and complex but understandable love triangle is the XO Kitsy. <laughs> Story of my life, man. Story of my life. <laughs> and coming to terms with a whole lot of shit she never expected is the president of the podcast, The 12 Colonies, and All Our Hearts, Andrea. That's how you know Rosalind and I are different because I refuse to come to terms with anything ever. <laughs> uh, and I'm told uh, over the wireless just now. I, I'm, I'm hearing that uh, the, that we have a, a special guest, a, a visitor. Uh, Andrea, can you can you fill us in? Yeah, uh, coming I love in. How I, I did the thing where I held my hand to my ear like I was getting a transmission. Do you like that? I love this is that. a very visual medium. <laughs> we'll save that for the animated series. Um, we should do an animated series. <laughs> no, no, we should not. We should not do anything of the sort. We've got a. a favorite fan listener favorite um dr daniel uh, t cohen here nice save very what very good Pulled out of the last minute. <laughs> i was said s i don't know what i thought it stood for there's probably a daniel s cohen <laughs> yeah he's not here though caleb and daniel have never officially met which is funny that is true it's until today yeah until this day so here we are. I thought you were going to say Daniel S. Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, no, that might be what I was thinking. <laughs> I told you not to use my real name. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Pumpkins. Oh, I did it again. Uh, <laughs> call me Daniel. Dr. Pumpkins was my father. <laughs> we have fun here. <sighs> do we? You know, I actually do want to see um, someone like animate this sh- this show. And I, I want to see that. I want to see someone's animated versions of me uh, doing a spit take and falling out of my stool and Kitsy just 
stone face. Sighing at the realization of all of their terrible decisions they've made that have led to this moment. We need the kind Start of Start a fans. podcast, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Start four or five podcasts, they said. Uh, well, we're, uh, we're, we're almost there. In fact, uh, the, the realization hit me earlier today that uh, next week we will, we will have arrived at our very own final five as we have five episodes of the show left after today. Oh, my goodness. Bit, but it, I'm, I can't I'm wait. <laughs> we have mixed reactions uh, from the crew. <laughs> Sounds right. So this is an episode where uh, a lot of things happen and the story moves very little. And I find that Correct. very interesting. That, that, and it's an inevitability, I think, of, of, a, uh, of a television drama like this, that you're going to have some episodes where... It feels like people are just kind of running around in place like <laughs> for 45 minutes. Uh, and at the end, you're like, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. Nothing uh, happened in this no, episode. Well, some, some things, things Some things did happen. I don't think anything actually happened in this episode. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, oh, is that what we're going to do? That's what we're going to do. Well, so, that's new. One of the things that happened in this episode was that the Admiral spends a lot of time wandering around the ship inspecting the damage that he didn't know was there uh, until recently. It really makes you wonder how he didn't notice it sooner. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah, once you see how extensive it is, like, Chief, like, was nobody looking? Like, everyone just, like, serious tunnel vision when they were wandering around. Or, or maybe nobody goes into the... I the think lower that's, decks that, that's the, I mean, right, the admiral certainly right. doesn't. That's not where the admiral goes. That's true. No. But you know, you, you can see it in his eyes the the pain of the thought of losing his ship. And her. you know, we we see the the Cylon work crews are there uh, rubbing their their. Well, it's it's goopy now, but <laughs> it gets solid later. Cylon goop. <laughs> that's what you know. Never mind. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it's at least part of what the base stars are, are made out of, which uh, a couple of things to note about that. We had we had wondered before what happens with the, the base star that they said would repair itself in space. Have you noticed that the, the pointy bits are back and they're not, in fact, just dangling floppy, oh. uh, floppy bits of meat in space? It is actually all, all shiny and new. No, I, I didn't so. notice. Uh, presumably something to do with this organic resin uh, that is self-replicating. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they spread a little goop and it grows. It's like a fucking Cylon Chia pet. Oh, Daniel, you're a scientist and we have you here. How does meat yeah. ship regrow goop? Rego, re, regrow, regrow, goop. Give me cookie, guys, your cookie, man. <laughs> You know, I'm not sure. <laughs> what I do know is there's a lot of meat. So much. There's. It's just like so a bucket of stem meat. cells, probably. That's that's how <laughs> I've been thinking of it, but I have no idea if that's actually like a good comparison or not. I mean, <laughs> you can grow meat in dish. You can grow meat in um, dish. That's yeah. true. I'm, allegedly. I'm, allegedly. I'm actually kind of looking forward to the day when I can like consume dish-grown meat. Dish meat. It's I'm fascinating. Yeah, I'm super fascinated by that. Um, where else was I going with this? Something to do with the the base stamp. I guess this just tells us a little bit more about what it's made of. I mean, we know it has a shiny, you know, candy coating, uh, <laughs> and we know that it's chock full of meat. Otherwise, 
<laughs> but like all my now, favorite snacks, yeah. candy coating and <laughs> filled with meat. meat. <laughs> but we know now that it also has uh, a, a goopy adhesive all around too. So I, I guess that's really the the only point that I'm on to make about the the base ship. La- la- laugh if you will, but I think I did just describe candied bacon. I was oh, trying to come up with what true, it, though. Yeah, what it might be. I think that's. that's I just thought you were describing me, but just <laughs> candy coated, candy coated full night. of meat. Don't know what that means. Mm-mm. But I'm saying it was so, yep. <laughs> so unlike when we go to break on this show, the uh, the Galactica has a single greatest contact, and it, you know it squawks Colonial, but uh, we don't recognize it. It's you know it's actually it's one of ours, but we logged it lost a long time ago, uh, which you know that, it's kind of exciting to get a ship back. You don't usually like add net new ships to to the fleet, not since Pegasus has been gone. RIP. Um, rest in Pegasus. But, <laughs> rest in Pegasus. <laughs> Or thanks to Lee, rest in pieces all over the fucking mm-hmm. planetary system. God damn it, God. Lee. Um, but uh, you know the, the the cap goes out to to check it out, and uh, they get a response back that uh, it's it's kind of garbled. But uh, one of the one of the silos recognizes it sounds like an eight, and so they bring it aboard. <laughs> Just like that, and of course we have. Uh, like almost a almost a mirror of the reveal uh, from the first time that a raptor brings mm-hmm. Ellen Ty onto the ship yes. as the the door slowly opens and we see just just legs and a dress, but this time it's a black dress. So there's there's no no hint that it's going to be that it could be uh, six. A, the, that it's going to be six. Although it is um, very interesting that they drew they started drawing that parallel so early on, and that early mm-hmm. on my my favorite um. Uh, favorite colony colo- colony i was like my favorite colonial early on yeah. um when when we see how the events kind of unfold in this episode okay so i was going to get to this later but uh, this actually does feel like a, an interesting place to, to bring it up does anyone else get the sense that six is somehow designed modeled after if not a younger version of ellen than someone closely related to her that- someone that shares some sort of uh, familial connection beyond, you know, we created her. That's interesting. I hadn't considered it, but we know that Ellen does do that because that's how we got Cavill. Um, that's her father, yeah. And, I mean, they do. Interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. I hadn't considered that, but I hadn't been considering the fact that, like, the five had to decide what the other eight is it, yeah. you know, in whose likeness it, they'd be made. So is it possible that the reason, uh, no, no, the reason we'd never he- find out six's actual name is because she hates <gasps> the, it's actually Ellen jr. Is she Ellen jr. <laughs> well, now it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, so admittedly, I was extremely stoned the first time that I watched this episode earlier this week. Uh, but that's when I had that, that thought because, you know, so many times in the early scenes of Ty interacting with Caprica 6, he would see Ellen's face. And, you know, we just attribute to that. Like, oh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a memory. He's thinking about her. There are things about Six that remind, you know, she has a similar uh, body shape and hair and, you know, whatnot. So maybe there's just, like, a sense memory that's triggered there. 
But then we ha- we talked at length about the uh, initial reveal when Ellen comes back for the first time and how it implies that it's a six coming back. Mm-hmm. And this time we know that it's going to be Ellen because we saw her escape the, the base ship with Boomer not last time, but they still go out of their way to do the same reveal. Also, and I didn't catch it this time around, but I, someone correct me if I'm remembering this incorrectly, but... Isn't there a moment in this episode when Ellen and Ty are together and he sees Caprica's face? Yes. yes. Okay. I thought so. Mm-hmm. And that is what triggered my, my stoned brain to say, <laughs> is Caprica, is Six just like young Ellen? Yeah, Ellen, Ellen Jr. Is, yeah. It, like we, we see that the, the silence can age. Uh, and we see that most uh, pronounced with uh, Saltai, who gets sent back as a younger man and lives out his life amongst the fleet. We never see a younger version of Ellen than what she is now. No. She, as far as we can tell from the flashbacks, she looks like this when she when when she first resurrects uh, from the destruction of Earth. She looks like this when she's sent to to the colonies uh, to witness the, the the Holocaust. She looks like that when when uh, she and Saul are together, but we never see any other version of her. And since Ty still doesn't really have any uh, you know, older memories uh, beyond what they've recovered in, in you know, quick flashes from the destruction of Earth and onward, uh, it, it stands to reason he might not recognize her uh, in six as the younger version of Ellen, but would still be drawn to her because yeah. of that. I mean... They're close. I think they look enough alike that in like a different show or movie, you could cast these two. So like, there's no reason that Trisha Helfer couldn't play the younger actress last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Vernon. I Kate think. Kate Vernon. Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's. Just go ahead and, and copy paste that into where you said actress <laughs> yes. last name. <laughs> Kate Vernon. Uh, oh, you're talking about actress <laughs> Kate Vernon. <laughs> Uh, and you know, we, we've also talked how Six's uh, exaggerated sensuality and sexuality and just her, her sexuality, her, her, her sexuality. <laughs> Thank you. That is the perfect word. Her exaggerated sexuality uh, and her, her. How many times like, have you made sh- that joke on this podcast? Not at enough. Least at least six. At least four. <laughs> at six. At least, we're aiming for at least six. We got two more. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> But like you know, even her, like her her strength, her fierceness, uh, all of like her personality characteristics feel like they could be uh, exaggerations of the best and worst of Ellen Tye. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, I mean, the only thing we really don't see Six doing is drinking to excess, mm-hmm. uh, and this resurrected version of Ellen does that less, uh, which tells me that there some of that was played up for the character that was created by Cavill to send her back, and some of it was actually her. It's interesting. Um, I mean, the second she gets back with the fleet, all of the stuff about Ellen that I didn't like in the first place gets turned right back up in a way that it mm-hmm. I didn't see it when she was um, with, the, with the Cylons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because when she comes out of the goo and re- realizes who she is, she's very, very calm. She's very, like, self-assured, very focused, and takes charge in a way that the Ellen's High we knew wasn't necessarily able to do. She was more manipulative and, like, trying to control things from behind the scenes, but not actively involved. Bye, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... 
Okay. And th- thank you for, for indulging that there. That's, that's, I think that's fascinating. something that I've been, been thinking through for a while. And it makes me wonder who were all of these now, now that we know eight silent models that were, were created, like who inspired them? Yeah. They, it feels like they would have been recreations of people from the, the fives past. Uh, if not themselves. If this is the future, our future as I expect it or have uh, theorized that it might be, I would love um, for one of them, like for Starbuck to just be based off the actress Katie Sackhoff, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Starbuck's not a Cylon. Oh, right. She was a... Are we sure? (laughs) How many dead chicks are out there anyway? (laughs) Hot dogs, one line. Uh, yes. <laughs> dumb, dumb. Okay, so not, not Starbucks, but, you know, one of the other ones. So Ellen, of course, gives us the, the exposition that, you know, the, the fleet needs. We know that uh, Cavill has uh, become, uh, to, uh, in her words, I think, I think she uses the word unhinged um, in this idea that, you know, they need to bring back the resurrection technology because he just he can't handle the idea of you know sloppy biology like he can't handle that the future of the Cylon species Cylon race would however they want to put it uh, is reliant on biological reproduction because he he can only think of himself as a machine and that's the only acceptable outcome and it's uh I totally lost my train of thought but yeah. <laughs> It's because there does not feel like there is a ton of a through line in this episode. Like, or it's, or not that there's not a through line because there is. It's the baby and stuff. But they're like, in terms of plot structure, like what's the yeah. beginning, middle, end here? You know? Yeah. It's it's very jumpy. Very, yeah. very jump around. So, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's put the story of Ellen Ty specifically on hold and let's... Uh, Let's talk about the baby. The baby, of course, is the, the, the child that we have recently learned has been conceived by Caprica 6 uh, with Saul Tai. And we've seen a, a new side of Saul, the, this loving, paternal, just like gentle soul, mostly sober, uh, drinking more to, to, you know, in his celebratory moments with the mm-hmm. Admiral and less just, you know, because it's a habit. Um, and, you know, also 6 doesn't... Can't stand the smell of it, so mm-hmm. she only drinks tea, and they, they got rid of all the booze. Uh, which I have tea. Side note, I love that you know, w- the, there was the, the moment uh, an episode or two ago where Saul walks in and says, where's the booze? And Ellen echoes that when she <laughs> goes to their, their quarters later on. So where's the booze? Mm-hmm. And almost the, the same uh, inflection. Where um, is the booze? Where is the booze? Uh, where's the booze you know like where's the it's all oh jesus topical Uh, the beef is in the base ship oh right right right. (laughs) the beef ship (laughs) the beef ship now with 70 percent more beef (laughs) Uh, oh god you know we don't know you know the existence or lack thereof of cattle in the battlestar galactica universe because it's not it's not cattle star galactica no that's we know there's a a coddle we don't know if there's cattle there's the coddle star galactica you know you know you know what it would be if a, a base ship crashed into a planet, though? What? Oh, no. What? Ground beef. Oh, no. Because <laughs> it'd be on the ground. Because it'd be on the ground, mm. and it's meat, so it's ground beef. 
Yeah. I had if some they, vegan if, brisket for dinner tonight, y'all, or brunch, I guess, and it was very good. I just realized that hot dog being a, a call sign, like, should have been a Cylon because the base ships are encased mm. meat. What? The base ships are encased meat. Yeah. <laughs> base ship is hot is is a hot dog. That is base, the the base ships are hot dogs. So then the eternal question is a base ship a sandwich? Yes. <laughs> is that a I asked and answered. Base ship is sandwich. It's, okay, know, that's it, that's our official position here. Yep. Second condition one. Mm-hmm. So you guys are gonna get John Hodgman on the show, right? To talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> we we missed the episode where that would I be know. a good opportunity. Uh, I'll get him back. I mean, there's no bad time to have John Hodgman on your show. Thank you. Maybe I, mean, I should email him. True, true. I guess they theoretically are bad times, but like not not you know directly related to the show. Right. All t- actually, More if you think like, about it, all times are bad. Is really. How I kind of now is where we reveal that I also have John Hodgman in my house. <laughs> Just all the podcast people start floating in off screen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show John, John Hodgman. Hodgman. <laughs> oh God! You know what? I kind of wish we had someone that could do a really good John Hodgman impression just to, like, nail that bit. Uh, I think Andrea should take a bunch of John Hodgman audio and edit together like he was on the podcast. All right. That's fine. I'll do it. What else am I doing? That definitely won't get us in trouble. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I don't have anything else to do. You know, admittedly, it's, it's as much the seemingly unstructured nature of this episode of Battlestar Galactica entitled Deadlock uh, from, from season four of the 2004 <laughs> Battlestar Galactica reboot. Uh, but also I think just the energy of like, we're so close to the end and I both don't want it to happen and also want to like rush to get through it. It's yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, you know, mid May in the school year. And I know yeah. that graduation is just around the corner, but <laughs> I don't know. You you do know it's it's November, right? I was drawing a parallel between where we are a parallelogram in the series and where a person might be in their high school career around about mid June their senior year. Is a parallelogram a sandwich? Obviously. Is a yeah. No, two parallel. So bef- <laughs> I realize before we get too too far into the, the topic of the baby, it is worth noting as an aside that basically the moment that uh, everyone else leaves the room after hearing Ellen talk about the imminent danger of uh, a even more progressively unhinged coddle, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she and Saul uh, proceed to immediately begin fucking. Yep. Uh, which you know, good good for them. They, it's they, been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. You know, last day. Last time they saw each other, Saul was killing her, and like you know, yeah. there was there was a lot of emotion around the betrayal of the of the resistance and all that. You know, just some some feelings to work out. Probably not the best idea for someone who, in Saul's case, has ostensibly moved on uh, and also you know, recently fathered a child. Well, this uh, whole- and I, I, again, I'm I'm not here to 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 tell anyone how they should go about their, their relationships. That's not my business, but it doesn't feel like the right move, uh, knowing Ellen's personality and also knowing Six's personality. It doesn't feel like either one of them are going to be particularly okay with no, this scenario. No, but it's no. another inconsistency with this shit where it's like everybody, every other Cylon, they've been like mixing and mingling. And we've been talking a lot about how sort of 
loose they are with these kinds of like more typical boundaries. Yeah. Um, but when it's good for the show, you know what I like now mm-hmm. it's so apparently enough to kill a baby. <laughs> like I just it's crazy. Sp- it's basically what you're saying is the, the entire Cylon race is just one big polycule. I, well, no, sometimes it is. Ex- except except for. I would love for this to be a show where the entire Cylon race is one big polycule. That would be lovely. Except Ellen and Ty and uh, Caprica uh, um, make that the way they've portrayed their relationship suddenly make that not the case. So I don't. I also do want to point out that Ellen didn't really care all that much that he uh, did stuff with someone else until he (laughs) until she (laughs) Kitsy Kitsy did you say did stuff yeah I want to hear this please go on she didn't really care all that much until she found out that it was six yes that's true and then and then she was like a little upset until she found out that he you know was having a baby with her which I would argue is uh even in the the best of uh that's a good point go you're right because yeah she was kind of just like oh no i get it like yeah 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 like until you're right i'm sorry i because like I, it's you know it, it, it's one thing if you have like other partners outside your partner it's it's another thing if you're like oh by the way i'm having a baby with someone else like <laughs> that would, mention whoopsie that and forgot to mention it that would probably piss off anybody well and especially because we know that the missing ingredient for cylon baby is love and so it seems oddly to, enough to Ellen that the reason they couldn't have children is because he didn't love her enough, which is I hate. Again, I continue to hate this. But. I mean, by by that logic, he should have a baby with Belladonna. Would <laughs> oh, that he could. Hasn't stopped him from trying, has it? Has so, it? I don't. I, I, we don't know. That's never I want to dive into that a little bit more, though, <laughs> Please, because n- not not the, not the Bill Dama part. Oh. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. uh, n- n- we will get to that in, in the uh, in the accompanying fan fiction. Uh, no, the the idea that Cylon procreation is dependent on love. Now, this was floated by the by the the seven models uh, for a while as the the reason that they couldn't biologically procreate, but then suddenly. Uh, Hilo and Sharon could, uh, <clears throat> and why Hera was such a a special and important child for the future of, of both species. And Ellen, to an extent, echoes that, but it's never made definitive, cl- definitively clear. And the reason that I, I take issue with that, uh, not only because it's kind of a ludicrous concept, uh, but at least... At least a couple of the five were scientists enough to understand uh, the bio- biology and mechanical nature of themselves in order to recreate this lost resurrection technology. Mm-hmm. And you know, clearly they had some sense of understanding of their species past and a you know, more of a plan than Cavill had <laughs> for their, the, you know, their future survival. Uh, it is difficult for me to watch Ellen cling to this idea of love is the ingredient required to have a child and not accept the possibility that she just might not be biologically capable. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. There's no reason. Like, why couldn't that be, why, why not infertility? Like, 
it's it's understandable that someone would struggle to acknowledge mm-hmm. that because it's if if it's something that you want to have a child, it's got to be very difficult to accept that you physically can't. Right. But to to push this notion of oh, it takes love as the the reason why uh, it to the you know to the detriment of your own very troubled and problematic, but I would argue incredibly loving relationship. I don't think in my mind that there's any Caleb, doubt that you're... Ellen and Saul loved each other. No, you're so smart because it, oh boy, either you're so smart or I'm so stupid. It could be both. Likely it's both because I'm shaking this it's whole both. table. Um, because <laughs> so up until Ellen and co and the five, Ellen and the other four um, mm-hmm. rebuilt resurrection, Cylons were like reproducing quote unquote biologically Cylonologically, right? Um, they, they were able to do that. We don't know exactly what, why, why does Ellen say they decided to start rebuilding? It's the centurions. The centurions wanted it. Why they started rebuilding resurrection on earth or for the, on uh, on earth. I, they started working on it because I think that they they saw what was happening. They they saw the inevitable outcome of the ongoing cycle of human and Cylon history. They remembered what happened on Cobble. 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 Thank you. And uh, you know when the you know, when the bomb started falling, they That's knew right. it would be too late. So slash. they had begun. Slash. Sorry, I thought you were because no, say that they. They, they began working on the, the technology in advance and had completed it conveniently just, in, just in the nick of time that when their city on Earth was nuked, they resurrected and fucked off for the colonies. It would just be very interesting to learn that Ellen was so concerned with the ability to reproduce, like with her own inability to reproduce, that she funneled that into building resurrection so that she could in some way, because now she's their hmm. mother. She's, a, you yeah. know, of five, well, no, of eight. Technically eight children, yeah. Yeah. So that's like. And I actually think you might be right, which uh, uh, I realized today in, in some uh, research that I was doing, and this by no means spoils anything, but uh, very roughly a uh, Cain and Abel uh, analog yes. with Cavill and Daniel. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the favorite son is brutally murdered by mm-hmm. the the jealous uh firstborn yep yeah oh yeah absolutely i'll bet there's bible stuff all over this if i knew more about the bible and or were allowed to do any research at all for oh, star but yeah there absolutely is well there and absolutely is listeners we haven't forgotten that there's um some some deep uh mormon influence in this in the series that we have not been equipped to explore and I've not been able to do the research for, but we do know that that's in here too. If we were, so don't tweet at us. Yeah. (laughs) You can tweet at us. Just not about that. Just don't spoil the, uh, don't spoil anything for Andrea. Everybody has been so nice to not. I think, yeah, our our listeners have been fantastic and I I appreciate that they're, Mm -hmm. they're taking this journey with us and not ruining it for you uh, as, as could definitely happen on the internet. And Andrea, I I, want to put a cap on this particular line of thought by saying, I think that you're hundred percent right. 
I think that mm, say you know, it, again. It, it was ostensibly, <laughs> I think it was ostensibly under the uh, guise of like shit's getting real. We should probably recreate this resurrection technology when we're learning more and more that Ellen was very much uh, wanting to have a child mm-hmm. and she and Saul couldn't. And she saw that as a failure of their love of their relationship. Whereas uh, Saul being a, a more, kind of pragmatic person probably just thought like, yeah, this just isn't working or it'll happen when it happens. Right. And then got distracted by, <laughs> Oh shit, we need to save uh, our species slash ourselves and never thought much about it. But I think that once they, they created resurrection that she saw that as her opportunity to finally be a mother. And that's why she has these deep feelings for these models and particularly for uh, Cavill and Daniel uh, who were her first and her favorite. Right. <clears throat> Respectively. <laughs> Respectively, yes. Yeah. So. What a show. What a show. Um, there's a moment where we see uh, Caprica wandering through Dogsville. Do- Dogville? Dogsville? Is there an S? I can't remember. I think it's uh, Dogsville. And, Ville for dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets uh, she gets Not attacked. Dogs in Dogsville. By, uh, by, some, by a roving band of bandits. Marauders uh, who see only a, a Cylon. They, they don't see her as a, a person and they certainly don't recognize who she is or that she's pregnant. And, and then she's like, I don't want any trouble. They're like, we do. And they attack her and she beats the shit out of them because she's still six. Uh, if she had <laughs> yeah, she lost does. that fight, I would have been incredibly surprised because like, I would have been furious. You yeah. cannot take that level of badassness away from six. You just can't. I'm yeah. sorry. No. But Daniel's not near the microphone right now, but I know that he's still listening. And something that we talk about often is, oh, this do is Cylon <laughs> strong. <laughs> That's a question Welcome that back, I had throughout the series. <laughs> and it's never clear to me. Sometimes they're very strong. And sometimes they're regular strong. Yeah, I don't really. Because a good example is um, Leoben when he is in the prison with with Starbuck and he's able to like, he like frees himself from the cuffs and jumps up and he's a big tough guy and whatever. But then sometimes like, I don't get the impression that Gina, when, when they like arrested her and like, she was, you know, being brutalized as, as horrifically as she was like the Caprica who was kicking ass today could have murdered all of them with her bare hands in three seconds. So it doesn't, it's just not consistent. So it seems. Who's the one that they left behind in the uh, station with the radiation in the miniseries? Because I also remember that. I think that was a Leoben. It was a Leoben who picked up Adama with one hand. Yeah. So what's up with that? While radiation's sick. Yeah. 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 I couldn't do that. Well, no. I've tried. Uh, I, I know the answer to this, but we have multiple Dreda's contacts, Uh, so we're going to have to jump to a safer location uh, and hear from our sponsors when we come back. I will absolutely tell you the answer to this question that I definitely know. So stay tuned. <laughs> I think it's a lie. The Storyteller series brings you full cast audio productions of short stories. I'm the host, Megs. And each month we'll bring you a brand new story performed by talented voice actors, interviews with great authors, and exclusive print edition stories. Listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Storyteller or at nightshiftradio.com. The Storyteller Series. All-time radio, 
rebooted. Sit rep. <laughs> so Baltar is back. Oh, okay. Baltar's back. We're not there back yet, though. Again. Back again. You have, to, you have to tell us the answer to the thing that you definitely know. You said you knew it. Oh, I, mm, I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> mm, well, it happened. Yeah, I don't. So recall, you lied to our listeners. I don't recall. No, I lied to you, you <laughs> folks. I didn't lie to our <laughs> listeners because our listeners knew they were in on the joke. They knew I didn't know. Oh, okay, no got shit. It. Got it. Got I also it. knew, which characters. is why I had my own answer prepared. <laughs> Uh, and with the, uh, w- w- the uh, Gina's case, I think is an exception that was made for the, the narrative. I think you would have to really stretch it to say that they just, uh, kind of came at her with an overwhelming force and beat the resistance out of her mm-hmm. essentially, like oh, demoralized her completely. They did the psychologically the break her too. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see little glint like glimpses later on before she eventually dies. We see that strength come back almost like. Mm. That's true. Almost like a Samson analogy. You know, when he when he, Delilah cuts off his hair and he loses his strength, he's completely demoralized. But you know, he he, he gets one last burst of strength to bring the temple down on those Philistines. Uh, I got I got I, a, I got this. loads of these. <laughs> I got, this is, there, there's my I love my, when that hard yeah Christian uh <laughs> shaking around in there. Uh, <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable to be honest yeah. a little bit. But uh, <laughs> the. I think for the rest of it, it's, I think Cylons, humanoid Cylons in particular, always have that innate uh, enhanced strength by design because they, they're essentially uh, revisions on the Centurion model, which we know Very is strong. stronger than, than, than uh, humans are. I think that they choose when to use it. Right. And I think a, a lot of that comes down to whether it's conscious or not, the Cylons want to be as human-like as they can, with the exception of Cavill, yeah. who wants to be the exact opposite. Right. Uh, he wants to huff gamma them. rays or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he wants to smell a star farting. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> what does a star fart smell like, Caleb? We'll never know. Because because yeah, we don't have the senses. These, these terrible human bodies. So mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. by choice, oh, the, the Cylons... <laughs> Only do we? I think they only use that strength when they see it necessary, and otherwise they kind of hold themselves in reserve, which is interesting to to think about. That the the restraint that the silence show regularly to not hurt people or like seriously injure or kill them. Yeah, because if there's one thing the Cylons are known for, it's their restraint against killing people. Um, <laughs> do we do we think that maybe uh, it's like a d and D thing where it's like they they have super strength but they can only use it once per day? Yeah. They, they need a long yes. rest in between. <laughs> Their spell slots are. Exhausted. Or they've just been rolling exactly. shitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the issue. They, can, they go to take a swing and the, they they roll a, a three and and just whiffs. Can I propose an alternative situation <laughs> in which yes, uh, this is more of a what if. And the what if is... Come with me as we ponder the question. What if they had what made if? the Centurions with regular human strength? And then... Why they, would they do that? I don't know. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> That's why it's a what if. 
Are, are you putting this out as a conjecture, like what would happen if, or are you conjecturing that the, the, that could actually be the case? Because the answer is different depending. This is what scientists do. They just ask questions. Yeah. But conjecturing what would happen if that was the case is an interesting line of thought. I can answer you that it's not because the, the Cylons were created to be Superior. stronger than humans, yeah. specifically to do labor and then later military action. They were, they uh, were specifically made to be big lifty boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, which, they uh, did give them knife hands to be big lifty boys, which I would argue was a bad <laughs> did, move. Robot has lose? werewolf hand. Did you just lose what? I just lost audio for a second. What did you say? What happened? I said they, they gave them knife hands, which is a bad move. And then Caleb said move. didn't, but made me think werewolves have guns. Get they revenge. Have gun, get revenge. Now there was a a long time ago. There was a band called uh, Robot with Werewolf Hand. I don't just know this band. One hand. One one werewolf hand. That's a good name. Uh, <laughs> what um did I guess Edward Scissorhands doesn't exist in this universe? Freddy Krueger. We'll never know. Freddy Krueger. Or maybe Freddy Krueger does exist, and that was something they aspired to with the scissor fingers with the, mm. the centurions. Could be. Well, this happened before. Uh, scissor fingers. Edward Scissor little fingers. Fun, <laughs> little fun fact since we're talking about the creation of the Cylons, the Cylons were created initially by, man. by, by, man. A, by a man named Daniel Greystone. What? The, the seventh model was named Daniel. I wonder. Oh. We never find no out. Relation. We literally never find out. <laughs> uh, to the point where Ronald D. Moore has actually like shot down theories connecting the two. Or like, uh, no, no. That's, he's, he hasn't shot down theories, but he's never confirmed them. What does he uh, know about the show he find, anyway? He finds it interesting. Oh. <laughs> okay, but that's what I would say to so, my students when they'd say some bullshit. I'd be like, that's a really interesting thought. Does anybody want to add to that? And then I'd wait for someone oh. to say the right answer. Don't don't give away the secrets because I use that at work all the time too. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it, it's not. Listeners, it wasn't interesting. <laughs> it was actually really fucking dumb. <laughs> so Caprica gets uh gets pushed around a little bit, but uh ultimately kicks ass as oh, she, yeah, does. she does. But we can tell that it's 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 taking its toll. Like she she's very much in pain and it seems like there's a, a problem with the baby. They get the baby checked out, the baby seems to be fine. Um got a heartbeat like a Something I can't remember what it's something good. A dump truck. And he, <laughs> it's no, it's dump dumps truck. like a truck. No, yeah, that's uh, what he says. <laughs> this baby's got dumps <laughs> like a truck. Get out of here and make room for some actual sick people. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Liam's gonna come out thick. <laughs> I, I take I it so... after his Papa William. I'll bet he does. I so want an alternate take of Coddle saying that. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. In this thong story, song was I've... definitely out by now, too. Yeah. Oh, what? yeah. Because yeah, yeah. the thong song was definitely out at this point in time, too, because I remember uh, working one of my first mall jobs and there being this like event, like a, a record fair or something like that set up in, uh, in the, uh, the hallway near me. And I ended up securing not one, but two copies of that Cisco record for free because nobody fucking wanted them. I didn't either, but like, it was funny to me. It's pretty good. <laughs> you be careful when you talk about Cisco. 1999. 1999 was okay. a banger year for radio. Like, there's some it of was. the... You think, yeah. Oh, I, I like to think that uh, Ellen Ty definitely listened to oh, uh, Cisco did. and exclusively got down at the club. Exclusively, Cisco. <laughs> she's a huge Cisco, Cisco fan. So, 
fuck, what's happening in this episode? So <laughs> Nobody the, knows. The kids okay, but then the the, the Cylons want to have a, a vote. They they want to bring all of the the final five aboard the base ship with them and jump away and start a new life. But they're only willing to do it if all of them come. They won't take just a couple. It's all or none. And you got to vote. It's majority rule. That's how we do things. That we we got. We learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love Ty's reaction. Apparently, we invented majority rule, but I don't fracking remember it. Uh, and so, Ty, they, there's they, a lot of things you don't remember, bud. There, there <laughs> is, and you, know, you can't blame it all on on Cavill. Some of it, you're you're some of it, you're drinking. drinking. Yeah, let's be honest here. Uh, and so they, the sounds, uh, they, they they force the vote, and Tori and Tyrrell both vote to to leave with the Cylons. Uh, they start to make the point that, oh, we, we'll never know what Sam wanted, but Ty reminds them he literally said, stay with the fleet. Yep. Stay with the fleet. That was the last thing he said. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not saying anything now, but that's what he said. Mm-hmm. So he probably doesn't want to leave. Ty, of course, will never fucking leave the, the Galactica, and uh, more importantly, he'll never leave uh, his one true love, Bill Adama, which, again, you can uh, you can check the the accompanying fan fiction for <laughs> for more on that story. That's right. You got to subscribe to the Patreon if you want that though. <laughs> As suddenly we get like this burst of uh subscriptions to the, the if Patreon you, if you people. Think, right. If you think for one second Andrea would not write extensive Thai and Adama fan fiction for our Patreon if we had one uh i kind of think I that uh, we should have a patreon that's more. just exclusively battlestar fan fiction yeah i need somewhere to put it all it's taking up my google drive <laughs> <laughs> that's why i got that storage notification <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all my fanfic uh so the the tiebreaker vote w- of course falls to ellen uh tiebreaker ah. and uh, this vote might break a tie oh. one way or oh. the other oh god uh, yeah uh, uh, it might break Liam tie. Uh, Liam tie. Liam tie. So it's not like well, that. his name would be she, Liam Six. I mean, Liam. I think it would be Liam Ty. Liam Ty is a good name. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's a whole hullabaloo. Ellen is is angry about uh, Six being pregnant, and decides to pitch a fit about how that means Saul doesn't love her. And so she's going to get back at him by forcing the, the vote to, to go to the, the base star, knowing that he'll refuse to leave, but not thinking through the ripple effect that uh, the, these, these like things have, the, the consequences. That, which is what she has accused Cavill of doing mm-hmm. shit like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. come on. She's incredibly petty and... Uh, yeah, it. One could say she probably got a lot of that from her father, who th- she then designed Cavill after. All of this before, all of this again. Definitely got it from her. Yep. And so it, every, everything is a cycle in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, the the ensuing argument and you know, refusals to budge on both sides, and the pettiness, and knowing that they're like willfully slinging hurtfulness, uh, it takes its toll, and Six loses the baby. This is insane. That's yeah. this is not how anything. It's like the way it's like such a Peter Pan thing of like, like Ellen's insistence that like the reason that the baby isn't surviving is because Ty won't say that he loves her. And so Ellen, like the whole it, it is so silly. 
it gives us another great moment from Michael Hogan where he's like, why do I have to say he's the words? Great in this Just scene. let me feel it and I'll fill <laughs> the fracking room. Oh, God, I oh. love him so much. He Just, is and wonderful in you this can episode. S- you can see that about Ty, that he is someone who struggles with expressing, but doesn't struggle with feeling. Right. He, yes. That's, he has the emotion, mm-hmm. the, that's, the that's emotions, exactly right. and he knows that they're there. He can't put he them in words. He doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Uh, so, I, 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 you know, I, I love that about his character. And I love that. Uh, I love I love how Michael Hogan is able to to portray that. Um, and, uh, of course, there's the, the, the back and forth of, like, whose fault it was. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's both. Of, no, it's Ellen's. It's, it's Ellen's fault. <laughs> I just. And the. the quickness with which she tries to walk it back when she realized like, it's just all or, or was she yeah. really the thing with Ellen that I forgot about over the course of two episodes where she acted like a rational Cylon is that she can be so deeply manipulative when she wants to be that like where in that line is Ellen being honest if at any point you know like who's to say that her intention all along, even up till the very end, wasn't for that baby. Although she is so, in- man, it's tricky. Couple of points tricky. to that. One, um, she does make it a, a point to say, like, I thought Hera was the future of our of our species, the the hybrid. But like now that we know that, you know, a, you, we can have a, a pure Cylon baby, then like that's what we need to focus on, and right. that, that's part of what causes the the rift of you know. Uh, Saul saying, like, you know, we've tried this before. Pure human doesn't work. Pure silent doesn't work. It's too weak. We, like, we need to find a way to come together uh, to break this cycle, which, again, is very interesting. Characters actually thinking proactively about how do we stop this cycle, which is, we know is what the five were trying to do or what they claim to be trying to right. do, uh, and yet they continue to play their part of it. The other thing I want to say is... How much of that do you think Leoben got from her? Because oh. when you start to say the thing about Ellen is uh-huh. <laughs> the, the thing about so Ellen is that parental. she lies and she's manipulative. It's mm. such a and, family. Like Yeah. That's not I I kinda wonder. I mean you know, it, like, he also learned Leoben, by watching you. Like yeah. was Leoben possibly modeled after maybe a, a sibling or Someone you know, close to the family who would have also picked up on, yeah. uh, you know, granddad's toxic traits. Okay, so if you have, that's a really good point. So you're making, so we won't do eight because there's, there's not enough time. But let's say you're in charge of, of, you get to pick who you're modeling. How many of us are there? Three. Um, who are you modeling your Cylons after? You can have two. Am I, am I only modeling them after Cylons or people I know? No, no, no. Or? people you know. You're Ellen, and you could so choose to model them after your dad and a younger version of yourself. And Oh, okay. Um, well, one would be Caleb for sure. Uh, that makes sense. Because, yeah. I mean, I was always going to be a Cylon. No yeah, I mean yeah. that, yeah. Because that's the and first thought I'd have. You're the one. I would just make a bunch of twelve you. copies of myself. Well, I need somebody to keep the Google Calendar going into the future. You know, that's got to be you. You're in charge. I just picture sitting in a room full of you know twelve of me. I'm like, well, somebody has to learn how to update the website. Because <laughs> I'm sick of it. 
Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be the me or Kitsy models. It's going to have to be one of yours. Uh, yeah, I guess it would be it would be Caleb and then um, just any dog. That's oh, y- y'all come back to me. I had eight choices. I've got one Caleb and seven dogs. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> or the same dog seven times. They're like you could have done no. Okay, it's fine. It's just seven paces. This is why we can't be in charge. What about you? It's. I think yeah. Seven dogs. Well, Kitsy's got the Caleb covered, so we we got that. Self preservation. So eight dogs. I really might just do eight dogs. Eight paces. Mm. Fair enough. Who else? Yeah. That's that's how you really break the cycle. Yeah, exactly. Who else? I mean, who only else? dogs are good enough to not continue. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the real answer, right? Is we just get rid of people, humans and Cylons all together, and just dogs. Just dogs. Yes. There's an Animorphs book that is um, in this in conversation with the conversation we're having right now, but we'll get there someday. As Kitsy was saying earlier, Gaius is back. Gaius is back. He's such a Gaius. Oh, I love he's him. such a Gaius. No more Mr. Nice Gaius either. <laughs> um, in his absence, uh, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a leadership vacuum, and uh, in my opinion, a not unexpected person steps in to fill that, and that's uh, that's Hilo. Paula. Oh. <laughs> it would be hilarious for guys to come back and see Hilo <laughs> running his, his I cult. I love that. Just so kind. Just there really cheering just, people up. He'd be like, oh, guys, you're back. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. I was just, you know, I was trying to take care of everything while you were, while you were gone. I, I made sure cookies. We got, we got everyone, we got everyone food. I baked cookies. Uh, you know, we, 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 you know, we scraped together some guns because, you know, some guys tried to attack us and like, we just, we can't have that. Just doing a great job. <laughs> just, just such a good job. But it, it, instead, it's it's Paula, who has been, uh, I, I think, kind of silently questioning Gaius's leadership for for a while, if not outwardly. Silently, uh, but and, very visibly, I think. Yeah, yeah, you can see it on her face. Um, and you know, after after Gaius leaves, apparently Gaius's presence was the only thing that uh, was stopping roving bands of marauders from coming and taking their food in the past. Yeah, I find that hard point. to believe. Yeah, I also find that hard to believe. But you know, we'll 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 take Paul's word for it. Uh, but after after some men came and took their food, uh, there was the you know, of course it the a little a uh, little matter of a, a you know a, a tiny little mis miscommunication. A couple of people, like, they disagreed about something. Nobody got hurt. I think, you know, yeah. Felix is fine. Oh, wait, no. There was a full-scale revolution on the Galactica and a bunch of dead bodies. And, and so they, they took the dead bodies' guns and were using it to defend themselves and uh, hoard a bunch of food. And Gaius sees that his, uh, his control, for lack of a better word, on, on the situation on this group is, is lost. And he can either choose to accept that and just be a part of it and give up the the burden of leadership, uh, or he can make some moves to uh, to reclaim that. And with the the help of Head Six, uh, he he outmaneuvers Paula. He sees an opportunity in Dogsville to offer to feed a uh, a woman and her child, which he then turns into a very dramatic speech to all of Dogsville uh, that was straight out of Gone with the Wind as God is my witness. Uh, and he promises to feed them all and 
uh, you know, it, it makes Paula look bad because she tries to say, you know, we, we, we're going to need that. And he's like, you mean, are you, do you mean we're going to enjoy that food knowing that people are hungry? Uh, I mean, he does have a point. Amazing it's... acting from, from James Callis mm-hmm. on this to, to make you, make you believe that Gaius actually cares about the people. Yeah, right. Uh, although something does seem to happen when, you know, when they're eventually are passing out the food, he, he says later to, to Six that he, he actually really enjoyed it. And you know, we, we get a little glint that uh, uh, Gaius actually recognizes the, the rewarding nature of being selfless, which is something that's extremely new to him. He's not familiar with the concept really <laughs> at all. No. Um, but, you know, it's a, a man who looks like Jared Padalecki with a temper comes in uh, and, and takes their food. <laughs> it's so accurate. And Gaius does something very... Uh, very surprising. He manages to convince the Admiral that the, the best way to help keep the peace on the ship, which is uh, tenuous at best and is, is slipping away day by day as people see the, the Cylon pilots amongst the fleet and they see the work crews doing God's knows what uh, in the bowels of the ship. Uh, and the, the best way to, to maintain the peace is to give guys and his people guns and let them uh, maintain order in the lower decks which sounds like a flawless plan that nothing could possibly go wrong with, in my opinion. And somehow yeah. Adama agrees. But yeah, I want to talk about the speech yeah, Gaius gives. Please. Where, where Six is like, you know, coaching him along. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and she's saying like, you know, she doesn't think we need, or she thinks we need blah, 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 or whatever. All we need is strength. And strength comes with, with from within. And, and, uh, and it's like, all oh, we need is strength. And then uh, Six is like, and guns, bigger guns, better guns. And he's like, and guns. Like, he gets <laughs> so into it. And it's, I, I love how he, like, he, he turns them around from like whispering in a group amongst themselves. Like, what has Paula been telling you? Has she been telling you that we can't feed the people? That we, that we mustn't? When all we need is strength. <laughs> he's, man, it's, he is. And I guns. Know. His his speeches are on point this mm-hmm. episode. I, I I will say. Uh, so I I stumbled across a new website for for this episode that uh, uh, I'm I'm very much appreciating because it's 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 a wiki of sorts, uh, and it breaks down the, the episode by act and gives some notable plot points. Oh, this sounds uh, like it would have been a really good to discover before now. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. And my favorite part is uh, there are there are two sections uh, under a, a, a category labeled questions. There's answered questions and unanswered questions. And I love, uh, th- this feels like, this is like the, the, the study guide and we're back in school. Oh boy. And I kind of want to cover some of these, these unanswered questions. Let's do and it. And see what, what we think. Uh, so we, we've talked about a little bit. In fact, we were just talking about what will be the consequences of Baltar's cult being given access to weapons. Coltar. Mm-hmm. Coltar, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think someone's going to get shot. I mean, the way that uh, Paula was lovingly fondling that rifle mm-hmm. with her finger on the twigger, trigger, twigger? The uh, trigger, just yes, thank you. feet from Gaius. Thank you. Weird. No no trigger. Display. And Gaius just dropping the clip and fumbling to get it back into the... Ugh. Yeah. Right. Between, so someone's between going to get shot real oh, bad. yeah. Caius knows nothing about guns and is very likely to shoot himself as a, you know, and a member of his uh, his cult as as you know an actual enemy. And Paula has a little too big of a chip on her shoulder. Paula is. I think a Paula pain in my is. Ass. 
I think Paula's going to shoot Gaius. Oh, here's an interesting one. How did the Cylons imagine they could take Anders aboard their base ship without Thrace's approval? Thrace being, of course, Carathrace, Starbuck. Ooh, yeah. That is an interesting question. And you're right. These are very much like essay questions at the end of a, a, a chapter in a textbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F- further discussion. Critical thinking. Uh, I think they would have had a hell of a time. They, they, they seem to think that they can take better care of them on the, the base ship, which does, to a certain extent, make sense. You know, they, could, they could jack them into the ship. And uh, if they were able to figure out resurrection technology again, they could do a localized version and possibly bring him back, uh, which I find interesting that they, the Cylons didn't have any kind of, uh, any kind of way to, to handle that locally because we see them resurrect into the goo pods on the individual base As far as we know, they're not just waking up on the hub. In fact, they can't because Ellen literally wakes up on Cavill's base ship after the the hub is destroyed oh no just before never mind i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about uh (laughs) but it seems to me that they could have figured out some sort of localized version uh why has anders brains suddenly started showing activity again uh we didn't talk about this but just before the end of the episode we get a shot of anders in the hospital and the brain monitor uh starts showing some some activity again as though he might uh he might pull through it's I think he's dreaming that that happens after about dogs. <laughs> he's running in his sleep. Yes. Um, I think it's interesting. Maybe it's not that interesting, actually. I'm just, but that we, that uh, Ellen Jr. Jr. Uh, has just died. And yeah, that's what I said. And now Anders has, has, is starting to show some signs of life. In terms of like oh. a balance kind of thing, but you know, which is an interesting bridge to the next question, which is what is the biological cause of Liam's death? Um, what do you mean, bad vibes? Stress in the mother, I, yeah, bad vibes, bad uh, vibes, lack of no, love. I, I think that it it was supposed to be uh, it, it expressed that uh, six experienced a, a spike of you know extreme stress yeah. and uh worry and that negative emotion uh caused a, a reaction in the still developing child which had already obviously we saw that the child was already having some trouble that was causing her pain mm-hmm. uh and so yeah. while coddle saw, thought that the the child was healthy as could be and you know had a had a thick booty to to boot um <laughs> coddle must have missed something well, to be, be fair, <laughs> to, to be, be fair, fair, Coddle's never uh, examined a uh, 100% purebred Cylon preborn before. So That's true. That's pre-born. true. The show did this thing that I hate that shows do where it's like as if pregnancy is this mystical thing that we don't quite understand. And like the second it's like how if somebody coughs in a movie, you know, they're dead. Like six, mm. six is like having a little bit of pain leading to like is so it's just like i don't know like we can say anything because nobody really understands pregnancy so who cares like it's just like <laughs> i just i never understand that to be fair to the cylons to they don't fair. understand pregnancy that that's true. true they forgot that and babies need to shit like do you remember yeah. when like what are we yep. doing what are we doing on this show and i you know, it, it would also be fair to say that coddle might not be the biggest expert in uh human reproduction that. as well <laughs> that's not necessarily his area of medical no. expertise true, true, true. 
another thing that we we uh, skipped past that uh, is fun to return to uh, when the Raptor showed up with uh, um, Boomer and uh, Ellen, uh, Tyrrell recognizes Boomer in like a really creepy way where he wa- like he's like, wait a second, walks around, gets right up in her face, and nice to see you again, and then just turns to the admiral. This is Boomer. Which, of course, gets her arrested. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is Tyrrell able to identify the eight piloting the Raptor as Boomer due to his personal experience with her or by the previously uh, demonstrated ability of the silence to distinguish between copies by sight? I have a third option, but I want to hear what your thoughts on those two are. I don't know that I have a thought on that. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Andrea? I just kind of got the impression that that Tyrrell knows Boomer. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, that's, that's my Boomer. That's my eight. But I don't know that I have, I don't, I think in the same way that like parents can tell their twins apart, you know, weird parallel to draw because, but actually, no, not that weird. No, Mm. not that weird. Yeah. (laughs) He knows her stink. Thank you, doctor. (laughs) Dr. Daniel Cohen has popped in to tell us all it's because he knows her stink. Um, I, I, I think that it is some, Something more along the lines of like he he knows her because they're so intimately connected, uh, you know, and there there could be some some Cylon magic behind it as well. Uh, but the third option that I want to posit is why everyone else should have recognized that this was Boomer because Boomer's the only eight that didn't come with them. That's true. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, an eight shows up with another Cylon that you knew to be dead. It's the only the, yeah. the only missing member of the final five and the only eight that didn't join the the rebellion. Who could it be? That's a really That's good a point. Good point. Uh, uh, there's two two things we we skipped that I think are worth calling out. Yeah. Um, and they both involve Laura Roslin. Okay. Uh, so there's a point where uh, Laura Roslin meets Caprica Six in the hallway. And is asking about the baby. Oh, right, right, right. I forgot about and this. And then and then puts her whole foot in her mouth by saying, like, is this child important? And Six is like, Okay, but Six yes. knows what she means because Six this has been This child saying... is very important to me. And you can see Laura's like, ah, fuck, I, I fucked up. Yeah, I mean, like, hi, like, yes, correct. Like, I understand why Rosalind feels dumb. And, like, I understand why Six is, like, a little bit out of shape about it. But, like... Six snapped a baby's neck at the beginning of the series. Like, she does not think that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear. I don't think that Laura has to ask that question. Like, this is the first known. That's true. You know, purebred Cylon baby ever. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not special. Like, what? (laughs) It seems like maybe it seems like the question that Rosalind is asking. And I guess it makes sense when you consider her whole thing with um, what's her face's secret diary. Alosha's secret diary and all of that is like she seems to be asking this more of as like a almost like I keep wanting to say mystical and it's not quite the word that I mean but it's like she seems to be asking if there's some sort of hidden secret something that nobody else knows about that maybe Six does as opposed like beyond just it being the first Cylon child blah 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 blah. so I don't know but I don't know the conversation starts with can you them rehashing that mutual connection of the visions that they Mm -hmm. shared and how they hadn't really spoken about it since. And I think that based on that experience, 
Rosalind is trying to find some way to make it all make sense. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to, to do that from the perspective of the, the visions, which gave her a sense of purpose, uh, along, you know, in, in um, combination with the, the scrolls of Pythia slash Elosha, uh, that, that gave her a sense of purpose. And I think that she feels that if this child also has significance in that, then maybe that can help renew her sense of purpose. I think she's grasping at something here. I think you're right. Yeah. That makes sense. Could be. Uh, I think the other thing I want to point out is there's kind of this ongoing theme throughout this episode with Adama struggling with like the integration of Cylons and humans and what's that going to look like and how is that going to work and you know should we should we let that happen it seems to be kind of like weighing on him mm-hmm. and um at the very end there's a scene with him and Rosalind where they're in the hallway with all the pictures and Rosalind points out to him like oh look they were they, they put up pictures of all the Cylons we've lost since they joined the fleet mm-hmm. um did you know they were doing that and the last thing that he says before we fade to credits is it's already started, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, because that was part of Gaius' argument that, you know, like, when does it stop? Are you going to let the, the Centurions patrol the ship? And, you know, the moment that happens, like, it's no longer a human ship. It's, it's a hybrid at best. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've been saying for quite a long time that this is where I s- could see a show like this going, is that that ends up being the whole point, right? That these lines have been drawn so, like... So divisively, divisively is that the word? Divisive, Div- divisively. What's the word? It's a word. Divisively. No, I mean, they've been so stark was... in in how divided they are. Decisive. That... Um, <laughs> and is that what you were looking? For? Thank you. And that has been the issue all along, right? Is this like insistence that they are so different? When in you know, really, are we all that blah 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 all that stuff? And that the thing that seems like it might put a stop to this is letting go of those of those yeah. those boundaries those borders yeah. whatever and that's seems to be where we're headed although that does leave like a kind of like an ending of this series that is just like and we learned that we all needed to be a little more accepting of each other is not an interesting <laughs> ending either so i don't know how i feel I, about uh, that but again it turns out the real silence for the friends we made <laughs> along right. the way uh, and so we find ourselves with a uh, a divided final five with a uh, a dead Cylon baby and possibly a, a lost hope for uh, for Cylon evolution mm-hmm. you know, rather than resurrection. Uh, potentially a lost hope for Cylon resurrection unless Sam can pull through. And apparently uh, the bar has a piano now. <laughs> the bar's got a piano now. And what did so, you get a God, piano? I really hope there's a scene when Anders comes back of him playing a piano arranged version of a uh, all, all on the watchtower. Watch um, I just I love the bartender's face when she asked that. She's like, I'm like, don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I got drinks to yeah. make. Uh, and so uh, you know, speaking of drinks to make, we're gonna we're gonna make ourselves some drinks and we're gonna pull up some seats by the piano and uh, listen to listen to Slick play us some tunes. And uh, I don't I don't think we're jumping anywhere because we're still fixing the ship. So, you know, the coordinates you'll you'll find us here next week. So say we all so stay we all.
<laughs> so stay so, we here because so, we're not jumping. So stay we here indeed. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. We can be done recording now, obviously, because we just said the thing, which means the show's over. But we did not talk about uh, Bill and Ty being just so in love that Ty wants to pretend like he's not named his child Liam after Bill. So funny. It's not like that. that. Don't make it weird. (laughs) But like... Why was why was he pretending it wasn't like that? Like, of course he was naming him after Bill. Like, and just that the person that he goes to when is he goes right to Bill, it's just very I'm you know, it's it's lazy of me to make jokes about the two of them being in love because obviously like they just have a deep oh no yes, actually they're deeply in love with each other. And and I I just love the two of them. So, so much. Oh, I guess we did. We talked about it enough because it's in my fan fiction, but I do love them. I'll just maybe. Are you guys still recording by any chance? Did you hit stop? Okay, that's fine.